What's up, everybody? Welcome to Witty Banter, episode number 63. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams. Joining me today, it's Hunter Sidebeer Dorset. Sidebeer it is. I got, got two on deck. Today. <laughs> and then coming back with the guest appearance, it's Max Double Fistin' Scott. Double Fisting. <laughs> Great. That's yeah. harsh. I that's, hope that talks about my beers. That's, that's harsh. That's actually, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and head on out of here. Thanks. <laughs> we enjoyed having you on so much the last time. We thought, why not make it one more time? Yeah. And I got to be honest, it's nice speaking to you when it's not through text and angrily talking about Street Fighter. This is, I don't know. That's actually also very nice as well. I, I consider them both equal in that regard, honestly. <laughs> I think if people were to read our text messages but when we're playing Street Fighter, they might actually think I fucking hate you. <laughs> like you somehow found my like number through like an IP address online and just started hate texting me after that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe, right? Well, thanks for joining the show again. It's witty banter. And of course that means we are going to review a beer. We've actually had some beer suggestions come in, but we haven't had a chance yet to buy them. So if you've suggested a beer, we thank you. And in a future episode, we'll be drinking and reviewing those soon. But today's beer is the one that we bought ourselves and it is called the Old Stock Ale from North Coast Brewing Company. Hunter, you want to talk a little bit about this one? Sure. So I went to their website, and on their website it says, Like a fine port, Old Stock Ale is intended to be laid down. Which I guess they mean <laughs> they want it to be a, a... Do you know what a port is? That's a, is, that a, uh, is that a type of wine? It's a dessert wine. Okay, cool. Yeah, so like I guess they're saying that it'd be better if... If you have it age, or if you hold on to it for a while, I think so. Um, yeah, they're saying it's a well des- it's well designed to round out and mellow with age. It's brewed with classic Morris Otter malt and Fuggles and East Kent Goldings hops. Fuggles and East, man, I'm not even <laughs> all imported around. from England. Fuggles and East, the newest hip hop band <laughs> to come out of the East Coast. <laughs> Fuggles and East, that's pretty great. That actually sounds um, really good. It's an old style, or it's an old ale style. And it's 11.8 alcohol by volume. That's a lot, right? That's very high. That's a, that's a that's, stiff drink. That's almost like three Bud Lights worth. Damn. And then it has 34 IBUs, so that's surprisingly low for such a high, high alcoholic content. Ooh, but, I mean, it is an old What is deal. IBUs? I feel like I speak uh, for the common man that listens something, to the podcast. Something International, bitter. Is it not international bitter units or something? Like Unit, that? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. It won like a couple of awards at the World Beer Championships in 2000 and in 2005. So okay, yeah, Every we're five picking years. some strong ones, man. Yeah, yeah, one. yeah. We're we're good. We got a good that eye. Sounds pretty good. So I poured mine up, and first of all, I had like no head on mine whatsoever. Neither does. Same with me. It's pretty damn filtered, and it's got like it's like a r- ruby brown, I would say. And immediately upon pouring it, I could fucking smell the alcohol. Yeah. It's yeah. prominent. It, it smells sweet. This has got some body on it. Yeah, it smells sweet, and it just smells like alcohol. Mm-hmm. Now, I've already taken my first sip, and you guys are doing the same right now. And I'm trying to judge your faces, and it looks like you're having about the same reaction I did. <laughs> what what reaction like is it? that? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, this shit is strong. Yeah, yeah. it's very strong. Yeah. This is super stiff. You can taste the alcohol. It's like they're owning it, which I actually really like. They're owning it. They really are. They're like, this is... We're like, a beer, and we're not even... Matter. We're proud of it. A beer, dude? I don't even care. <laughs> well, it's funny, because, you know, it's... They're North Coast Brewing Company, but they're actually from California. 
But this is like an English style old a- old old ale or old style ale. Having so, an identity like, crisis. I I feel like when I taste this, yes, it's really strong and it has high alcoholic content. But I just feel like I'm like in an English pub. I was going to say it's a super pub tasting ale. I was literally going to say that. Great. It, yeah. It's fucking, super fucking complex. Yeah. Like immediately, I can tell that this is going to be a beer that needs to warm up because mm-hmm. it's honestly hard to grab anything right now. It's super warm. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of uh, it's a little thicker, I think, because that alcohol going down. It drinks smooth. You yeah. know, it drinks like, real. I know the spices are there, but because it's kind of still in that cold sense, it's like almost like they're sliding right by. Like it's like almost like hinting that there's like a lot of these spices in there that I think are going to open up a little bit later, which is why I'm. I, I can imagine this one stinging a little bit yeah. when it starts opening up a little bit more. I feel like the fact that we did kind of get it really cold out of the bottle, yeah, it does make it a little bit easier to kind of put back. But uh, but yeah, I imagine that as this one starts mellowing out and uh, you know starting to get its legs underneath it, that we'll we'll start being able <laughs> once to once it gets that running we'll, start. We'll start it's, once it's out on its own, it's got its <laughs> yeah, first job. Somebody, we it's paying it rent, nest. you know. <laughs> We uh, yeah, we'll be able to get some more of these spices that we're that we're feeling. I like the it, only. Though, I'm not really getting spice from it. The only flavor thing I can snag right now, and it's more so just coming from the smell, because I can like smell it from here, and it's like you know a foot away from me. It almost smells like like nougat, you know, like a candy bar, in a way. Yeah, yeah I guess I can get a little bit of that. I can get on that yeah. train. The right. sweetness is definitely there, and it's not like a chocolatey sweetness. It's some sort of like ambiguous candy, like you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I like it though. Cool. It's good. All right. Well, yeah, I'm excited or not. I, I we'll see what this one looks like at halftime when it's gotten warmer because I don't think we can really say much more now other than it's fucking strong. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just go ahead and jump right into the news. I think we got a pretty big show ahead of us. I'm excited to start unpacking this one. We like were excited saying earlier. Man. It's fucking <laughs> meaty as fuck. Yeah, dude. This is packed. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of it. Yeah, man, you're going to open the doors and it's just going to be lined up to the top with all the stuff in there. Just going to start <laughs> toppling out. It's going to be great, man. I can't yeah, wait. It's going to be a meat closet. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> how I would describe this podcast is meat closet. Come down to the <laughs> discount stripper stripper club. Come meat watch closet. Meat Closet do her dance. Meat Closet sounds Ew, terrible. Dude. Come on down to the uh, meat closet. Is witty banter. Booty booty boom Max always goes with the song now. He's he getting jazzy. Riffs. Yeah. Yeah. Is that not what we're supposed to do? <laughs> no, you're supposed I'm to do whatever comes custom. to your heart. Max, <laughs> and it's do jazz. you remember do you remember when we were in the backseat of your car way back yes, in the day and your dad was driving us and I started doing scats and he thought it was literally the funniest thing my, he'd ever I've heard. never seen my dad laugh harder than <laughs> when Chase was doing scat man stuff in the back of the car when we were like 14. When he picked us up from a hymn concert, I think. Or no, not him. Was it? What was? He picked us up from some concert. I think we just went to like the movies or something. Yeah. We, no, it might have been. It, I think it was Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, we went to go see him. And <laughs> my dad picked us up, <laughs> and for some reason, you just started going off with the scat in the like, back. Flip, pop, a flip, boop, 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 boop. And he and was just like gassed, just couldn't just breathe. Old man just heaving. <laughs> it's always good when you can make old men laugh really heartily like that. It's good yeah. stuff. Oh, it's He's very endearing when you're a child. Okay, Hunter. I think you said that you had prepared a new story for us. I think we're going to lead off with that one. So what you got coming on? I do. Uh, so this one's a little bit left field for us. Uh, I don't think that this necessarily pertains to like our personal activities, but it is an interesting news subject, and I want to kind of get y'all's take on it. Okay. So this comes from Bloomberg News, 
And uh, the title is FanDuel and DraftKings in Merger Talks Amid Legal Fight. So DraftKings and FanDuel Inc. are the two biggest daily fantasy sports companies, and they're in talks about a merger, according to people that know the situation. Um, a couple things about these two, two uh, companies is they're both privately owned, and about a year ago they were valued at about a billion dollars each. And uh, they've since... Fuck like, that. They've yeah, halved that uh, valuation due to legislation that's been put across the United States and different states. Because they've been basically saying that what they're doing is illegal. It's like an illegal form of gambling. considering gambling, yeah, it's gambling, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so... I think John Oliver did like an entire um, like show topic on those two companies specifically and about how like how much they skirt around the fact that they are a gambling company and like <laughs> just taking quotes from the representatives, like just trying so hard to be like, well, even though it's basically gambling, let me point to one reason why we think it might not be. And everyone's just yeah. like, it's fucking gambling. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so like their investors have apparently been pushing for a merger transaction uh, since both companies offer nearly identical products and spend a lot of money competing with each other. And they also face the same legal challenges that threaten them across the U.S., but in regards to the legality of daily fantasy sports, the companies argue that their games are legal because they require skill, not just luck. And they have supported uh, an expensive national lobbying effort to that effect. So really what I wanted to get was what do you guys consider should be illegal, illegal gambling? Like, do y'all, when y'all see people doing daily fantasy sports... Do you think of it as sort of like an immoral thing? Like, why do you think there are so many states that are responding so virulently to it? Well, I think I think it's predatory in nature, you know? Like, I think the fact that they're able to skirt a lot of probably regulations that go on with when you're like a gambling entity, then you have to comply with a lot of a, a lot of regs that they're probably getting around. I think that's why, like, and that's why they're getting um, targeted legally is because it's like you are able to kind of have these predatory practices with no repercussions whatsoever. And you know, you have success stories on there where it's like people are winning money and they say that it's skill based and whatnot, but like, there's really not. I mean. I don't know much about how it works. Yeah, it doesn't do, sound. Do, do any of us here actually do fantasy anything? Not well, like I this. I mean, I do it with like my friends, but not through some sort of, you know, company like. But that. you do kind of dabble in it a little bit. Yeah, I play fantasy football a lot. I didn't this year, but before this, I pretty much always played. Not even like football. I like, and it's funny that they say that it takes skill because I like it because it's a game. I like it because I feel like I, it's like a video game only without. A video game, like so I you pick my characters. It. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't see it. I mean, it is gambling, but I don't think it should be illegal in that sense. I mean, I just don't think that. I know it is, and it's like it is by the law. I feel like it should be. But, but that's what's weird is whenever I was doing research on this on this story, really the only thing that separates legal gambling from illegal gambling is what the legislation in that state says is legal and is illegal. And like what so, skill? So it's know. not like originally I was thinking that the whole illegal gambling thing was sort of about like moral <laughs> issues, but it's really not. It's just whether, whether or not the state has regulated it and whether or not, you know, like there is uh, there are things that are surrounding it that may, basically make the state money. Really? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is what I think what John Oliver highlighted as well is that 
the people who make some of the people who make the most money off of it uh, just have really complicated algorithms picking all of their shit. And with those people, it's basically rigged towards them where it's just like, well, we've got these algorithms now and we just own like this guy just sits there with a laptop working on his algorithm and just raking in money doing that, you know? Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, that's, you but that's say... completely perverting the game. That is not whatsoever him playing fantasy sports. That's him making an algorithm to 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 fuck the system over and make money. Unfortunately, yeah, there should be a system to like catch that or try to figure that out because I mean that's just the same way that any competing like competitive esports. I mean, if you find somebody who's breaking the rules by using aim bots are using some sort of algorithm within like their controller or something like that happens in fighting games and stuff too, where people will like automatically link combos together uh, through algorithms that they assign to their controller. I mean, that's just something that I think should be regulated. So I don't think that's their fault. I don't think that takes away from the fact that it is a game. I cool. Mean, yeah. I guess I just personally don't really feel, I don't really understand why gambling should be considered illegal outside of like whether or not it's quote unquote regulated, but I don't know. I think that well, because you can do like whenever you control the stakes and the payouts and things like that. That's when it becomes illegal. It's not whether or not the actual act of playing this like this game should be illegal. Like like this game shouldn't be allowed to be a betting game. It's that the companies have this power to manipulate like payouts and numbers and such. And a, and a and now like an analogy I can think of is. There's a lot of free-to-play games now in other countries that are starting to get in a lot of hot water for potentially being, um, for getting taken down for like gambling purposes. Because with free-to-play games specifically, you have like these chances of loot drops, and you have to pay money to get these loot drops and stuff. And essentially, what it comes down to is you paying money to take a gamble to potentially get an item. And and a lot of countries are starting to wisen up to this and realize that companies can manipulate the um, drop rates and things like that to do a lot of shady shit to really stack the odds in their favor and just get people to pay into it over and over again. And that's the kind of regulation that these things are going to try to stop is they're going to say, look, they're operating outside the realm of what normal gambling is, you know, with normal card games and casino games. And it's, and they've created something new that we've never seen before. So we don't really know what they're doing. So we need to make sure that we're, we can go in there and make sure that they're not just taking advantage of people and, and allowing them to just sort of take money, you know? Well, I mean, regulating it is okay, but I mean, there's, what is FanDuel doing that's manipulating the payout in the sense that like you, essentially you should be like buying your way into the competition, right? A portion of what you put in is going to FanDuel for supporting the Segway, and then a portion of it is going to the pot prize for whoever like scores the most based on real world events, which is sports. Yeah, really, the only so difference what's is like that the loot daily, that they're dropping is that yeah. it's a daily thing. Yeah, and I don't think that they're like manipulating in that. I mean, I, honestly, I don't know the ins and outs, but I don't see like the biggest difference between like I paid money to enter a tournament, and if I win, I get money. If I don't, my money goes away. But yeah. it's based on how well I do. And while this is left up to something that's not necessarily like the consumer who put in the monies, like their abilities necessarily, it is there like for their judgment on who will be the best or who will win or something like that. And that's not something that the company FanDuel or DraftKings, I think, has like much say in. I don't think that they're rigging the Cavaliers versus the Warriors, you know? Yeah. So I don't see why. Like, I understand it definitely for the video games, like the free-to-play games, but not necessarily for this. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just thought this was interesting. It kind of reminded me of, like, the Uber thing where, uh, you know, you have... I can't stand that. You have, 
sort of some pushback on the capital markets, you know, and it's interesting to see how people side one side or the other on the fence. So, yeah. You should be allowed to play games for money. I don't. <laughs> I kind of agree. I, I think that you should be able to bet however much money you want in kind of like whatever you feel like you should. You guys you are talking about betting, though, and that's exactly what they are claiming people are not doing when they say this is not a gambling thing. What's the that's, difference? That's, okay. that's the whole that's the whole the whole conundrum here is that they're saying this is not betting. This is not gambling. Yeah, but they're covering their ass because they know they've got the most heat on them, so they can't look bad at all. I mean, what's a fucking racetrack, man? Like, that's mm-hmm. betting, that's gambling, and you can do that anywhere. At least, I mean, not maybe not anywhere, but like you can do it in Texas. The conversation isn't whether or not you should be allowed to bet. It's whether or not this thing should be called gambling, because they're saying it should not be. Um, I mean, I guess that's a little different. Yeah, I think I think like the sort of the dividing line in gambling is that gambling is based off of pure luck. And this I would argue that this is not based off of pure luck. I still think it's gambling. I, I don't though. I don't think gambling's pure luck either. Yeah. I mean like a blackjack player, a poker player, that's not pure luck. A lot of that game is skill based. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's poker true. is gambling, but poker is a skill based game. Yeah. Yeah. So Well, I'm down to put a pin in that one. I just thought uh, very interesting, uh, different takes we got there. The real question is, are they going to be called fan kings <laughs> or, or draft duel? <laughs> All that I care about is that they don't fucking destroy my podcast feed with ads every year. Like they fucking do. <laughs> yeah, Dude, real. another little fun fact. 59% of the total U.S. TV ad growth was because of these two companies last year. Like yeah, they put that, in that much into yeah into advertising. They were a prime That's example of like oversaturation to the point where it probably hurt their brand because people got so sick of seeing those commercials and those ads. Yeah, it was like real. every commercial break, you saw the same fucking fan. <laughs> yeah. so That's annoying. actually true, man. I don't watch that much TV, but, we've but seen when a lot I do, I've seen that commercial a lot, both of them. <laughs> I'm not sure which one's different. Honestly, they look the same. So That's All interesting. Right, well, thanks for bringing that news story, man. Let's. Uh, I got another one. Mine are a little less, um, little not as deep, a little more lighthearted here. Cool, good. I thought this one was a little kind of crazy. So the, the headline is, PayPal won't refund a Twitch troll's $50,000 in donations. Mm. A Twitch troll? Hmm. Uh-huh. It says, an Australian teen is learning f- of the many reasons why you shouldn't cause grief for Twitch streamers. PayPal has refused to refund Anthony Archer after he made a total of 50000 in donations to several well-known Twitch users as a part of a trolling scheme. He intended to cancel the transactions through PayPal a month after making them, leaving the streamers high and dry, but PayPal isn't letting it go through. He's on the hook for the full amount. And given <laughs> that he appears to have used his credit card, he's in more than a little bit of trouble. This guy made $50,000 in donations on his parents' credit card through Twitch, and PayPal is holding him liable for it. That's good. You should be held liable for him, honestly. Unless there was like some bad reason where somebody stole your card or somebody like did that without your permission, you are definitely held liable for paying for something like that, for a donation like that. Especially because it's probably to a bunch of different streamers, right? Like he probably fanned out like a thousand bucks to fifty streamers, roughly, probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he should. Yeah, absolutely there's there's several that. times where like ten thousand dollar donations get legitimately made by like wealthy people. Yeah, absolutely. But of it's like, man, whenever I see P- PayPal and shit, it just feels like this fake internet money. And clearly, <laughs> that's how that kid felt as well. He's on, on the hook for fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. Are any of y'all on the Venmo 000. game? I was like super reluctant to get on Venmo for a long time. I, I, re- until I, I refused had to, to pay use it. with it. I yeah. still don't really even know like 
what Venmo exactly is. I just, it's like, it's basically just, yeah, exactly what Chase said. It's yeah. just like fake internet money, but you actually have like an account. And uh, I, it's like one of those things that, yeah, like I refuse to use it because I, I don't believe in the idea of it. Yet, I had one instance where I had to use it in order to pay somebody because I didn't have a card. And I was just like, damn it. It just has now to I have it. It's just know? a middleman for payment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can essentially pay people for anything with it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. You just hope that you just hope that that kid's parents like come down on them the way that they should. You know, <laughs> I mean, when you have a kid that act or does something stupid like that. It's really either the parents are going to respond and say, hey, like, you're effed for, for a <laughs> for long time. For the rest time. of your life. Or, you're going to be washing a lot of dishes. Or yes, they pull, like, a, a boothelay and they just give you a, a pat on the shoulder and say, rabbit, don't do that again. And, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, they don't care. Yeah. Okay, this next one um, is about harmonics, which is, of course, the developer of Guitar Hero, so we know them pretty well. Okay. Yes. They're making a VR application called Music VR, and inside of it are, like, four kind of, like, little mini experiences you can have, and one of them in particular I wanted to bring up because I think it highlights something pretty cool. Hunter, you and I have often talked about how, like, people can either view music as just, like, entertainment, or you can really, like, listen to music and get, you know, really dive deep into it. Yeah. And the point of one of these... Uh, music VR applications is to address exactly that. So the lead on the project, um, and we're just going to call it music VR because even though that's the entire app, the thing, the, the experience is, is, is wrapped up into it. But the, the project's lead says, I'm acutely aware, or oh, I'm sorry, let me, let me start reading here. It says, harmonics at a pre-E3 event in Santa Monica was showing music VR, and a studio representative told me that the best part of the four-piece package was designed because the project lead lamented that so many people don't actively listen to music anymore. And when trapped within the confines of virtual reality, they wouldn't have much of a choice. So basically what this thing does is it kind of works like Windows Media Player's visualization feature, where you play any song and it creates this um, just visual for you out of that song, cool. except it's going to be in full VR. Wow. And Interesting. So, yeah, so it's basically, it adapts to whatever song is playing and the experience glides the listener down a kaleidoscope of colors and shapes and none of it's interactive. It's just a VR screensaver to keep you listening to the music. It just sounds like a the perfect thing for stoned trip. people. Yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> just, honestly, it just sounds like, like people what, are gonna be on like a sober acid trip yeah, when they listen yeah, to like, some crazy music. You don't have any mushrooms, so or you put like, on the Guitar Hero VR. They're creating just, like music hostages because music they're, they're making you think about it in in visual and art form. But uh, do you, do you I, think at the same time, I think it's I, cool. It's that's a cool a, idea. That's a portion of the game, right? Like that's it's not, not a game. It's just like a, a, a package of like things it's a, that it's do with music. experience based. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a fucking experience. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I'm so sorry. Your Whoops. favorite. Whoopsie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. No, but I was like, Hunter, do you kind of think that this is actually addressing the problem? Because in a lot of ways, it's like people don't listen to music, and we need to make them listen to music by giving them something to watch. You know, like yeah, I, I think can I, I can see how that kaleidoscope thing can kind of like draw you in and like really get you into like the droves of it. But I do wonder if there is like a little bit of like counter logic there or anything. I mean, I think that it's like a cool idea. I don't think it's going to like solve the quote unquote problem, which is that we are in a culture and a society that has a short attention span. You know, like I think, I think it's, cool that you know he's making efforts to try and blend visual and audio uh sort of realities and you know that's already been done before and people tend to like it but 
Um, I don't think it's going to be like some landmark change in how people listen to music. Yeah, it no. feels lazy, like honestly, because I feel like that's kind of where a lot of music has turned is into that like sort of ambiguous, fluid like motion that that kaleidoscope thing kind of represents. And I think that that's like been a theme a lot with music that's, I think, gotten really lazy. Like, is it writing. sort of like a lack of structure almost? Like, not necessarily. I just think that like there was. Uh, like people kind of try to impersonate that sort of like weird fluid feeling that it becomes inauthentic in that way. And I just don't think that this represents like what it means to delve into music. It doesn't mean like breaking down lyrics or breaking down melodies in any way. Yeah. But so Max, how do you consider yourself a listener of music? Cause I know that you don't really listen to albums as much as you just kind of make playlists of songs. Do you feel like you're still kind of diving in deep and, and you have more of a, a uh, pointed well, I mean, effort uh, when you listen? Yeah, I mean, if I get like attached to an album, I will. And there are albums that I get really attached to. But for the most part, it's like very rare that I come across a group that I find that I consistently like throughout the entire album, for the most part. There's a few like examples of where that's not true. Like the new Tame Impala album, I thought had a really great message throughout the whole thing, and it was really awesome. I really enjoyed that album. Wow, it really that's spoke to me. Strange. Chase is shaking his head because Chase is the one that I sort think, of gotten me to even know what Tame Impala was. Yeah. I think Tame Impala is good. It's just every one of their albums, like there's always like six songs I really like and three songs that I really dislike. And I think it's like the opposite of what you're saying. Yeah, no. Up until this last album, I felt the exact same way. I just mean like most recently, the most recent album that came out that I felt that way about was uh currents <laughs> but i mean i wouldn't say i'm somebody who like definitely avoids listening to albums altogether but i will say that i very rarely like come across a whole album where i thought like every single song on this album is good yeah but don't you think that sometimes you have to like give i don't want to say give certain songs in an album a benefit of the doubt but like realize that kind of sometimes low points in an album are there purposely to be like a lull and things like that well, it's like, not about them being a lull i mean it's not about them like taking a different feel it's about the writing and the rhythm of the song and whether or not i enjoy that or whether or not i find it interesting at all i mean what you just said though chase is something i'm actually struggling with as as an artist in my band right now because we have a set that we're putting on and like Obviously, we don't want to just be at like high octane the whole set. So we have a song that's like very particularly placed, and it's like a little slower, and it's a little chill, but it's like long, and it has a build. And we notice every single time, like whenever it starts up and it's kind of that slower beat, people just lose interest immediately. And yeah. that's really frustrating, and I think it speaks to the point that this guy is making that like... A lot of people, a lot of people, I, I, again, it's, I mean, this is something that I've been on for probably six or seven years now that, yeah, like some people just really like the more entertaining aspects of music. And that's and, honestly okay. And some like, people just like to sit in, yeah, I, that's the thing is like, I don't think that there's a right way to feel or think about music. Yeah, but it sounds like this project lead and the guy who wrote this article are saying that he's noticing a like decline in the number of people who are willing to listen. You know, yeah, and that's kind he's of what's trying to on. like identify an actual problem uh, in his perspective, which I wouldn't call it a problem necessarily. I think it's just like a shift in the way people perceive an art form. You know. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Cool. Okay, this last news story is about Netflix. Okay. So there was a study that was done on Netflix released last Wednesday where they tracked its global base of subscribers and how they watched the first seasons of more than 100 television series <laughs> during a seven-month stretch. 
Okay. Okay. Using median figures, the findings reveal that some shows are consumed quickly while others are viewed at a slightly slower rate. Um, and then it also identifies what types of shows are in each of those groups. And I really just wanted to like tell you guys what the findings were and just talk about them generally. Not so much like, can you believe which show was in this group or anything <laughs> like that? Yeah, no. <laughs> I wouldn't so mind finding that out. <laughs> the, very, the first group they call the Very Fast Binger. And it says the medium amount of time for this user is um, to finish a season is four days. Time spent watching each day is about two hours and 30 minutes. Wow. The genre types in here are horrors, thrillers, and sci-fi. And the examples they give are Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy, Anarchy The Walking Dead, etc. It says these kinds of shows were truly propulsive, straight up genre stuff. Um, they are the ones that people push through much faster and not necessarily have to think about the issues or unpack all the jokes or to take a break from big drama moments. Hmm. Yeah. So Sounds two like and a half house of cards <laughs> for me. Two and a half hours a day on those. Um, then they've got the fairly quick binger. This person watches about two hours a day, and these are the more dramatic comedies, crime dramas, and superhero shows. And then they finally have the slightly more relaxed binger who is watching about 45 minutes a day, and it takes about six days for them to finish the season. And these people are watching um, political dramas, comedies, and historical dramas. They got House of Cards in here, Mad Men, and Arrested Development. That's funny that like they kind of are the two sides of the spectrum when it comes to TV shows of just like careless or not careless, carefree comedies. And then like really potent political dramas and (laughs) world history and things like that. You you can only take so much at a time of both dumb comedy and then also like really intelligent political commentary. You got to find the commentary, political commentary. Yeah. The middle ground is where you can just go all fucking day long. Yeah. 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 When I first read this, I was like, I think me about three to six months ago would have seen that, you know, two and a half hours a day watching TV and been like, I can't believe people sitting, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then I realized like I fucking play way more video games than that, (laughs) you know? So like, I can't really... I, you know, it's not really like a, a judgment thing, but it is people who uh, a huge group of people who spend the majority of their downtime watching these series. And I, I don't know, like, what do you think about, like, the way that Netflix has changed TV culture and sort of how people consume, you know, media? I don't consider myself somebody who watches TV all the time. Like, I really don't. But I do like like I conscience I consciously am not watching Game of Thrones right now because I don't want to watch week to week you know why so, not i like the suspense week to week man i prefer to look forward to on sundays i think i almost prefer like treating things in a more condensed manner usually if it's something that's just like not so important to me that i need to watch it now like i'm watching preacher right now which is every week and that's something that's super important to me to watch but if it's something that's like right below like kind of like what we're saying like if it's kind of in that middle ground something that i'm interested in i don't want to like like, like it feels like it's taking a whole up, lot of time, like, say, like, like thought space. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say like almost like starting with the first episode and then going all the way to the ending episode means I've been thinking about it for what four months. Yeah, like yeah, ten or weeks. I could think about it for like three days <laughs> and then get it all reminds me of a yeah. very long time ago. Once about the time Lost had ended or so, and Hunter, you started watching Lost via just the DVDs, and there was like a season finale moment where Saeed was like. He like looks at the camera and like runs or something, and you were like, I remember watching it in the hotel room or something with my brothers, and we were like, Holy shit, what the fuck's gonna happen? Put that next DVD, and I was like, Yeah, imagine like a six month wait till that next <laughs> yeah, episode. Yeah, for real, yeah, yeah. But like in regards to you know the way that I uh, the way that I consume Netflix personally, I've been trying to watch less TV in a conscious effort. 
uh, I've been, yeah, purposefully. Why is that? I just feel that it's one of those things where if you don't have anything to do, then you can just zone out and watch TV and like not do anything. And I've just been trying to choose to be more productive or do other things with my time because I feel like there are other things that are more that are cooler to do. Yeah, um, but isn't it is it is it not okay to have those moments of just like totally no 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 you know, I think turning it's, off? I think it's very important to have those moments. I'm just choosing to have them in in different mediums, I guess, because yeah. I've yeah. I've watched TV for like my whole freaking life. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, like with with Netflix, um, it's good because yeah, like you have like your your big blockbuster shows uh, such as Breaking Bad and House of Cards and all that. You know what I really like watching off Netflix? Anime. Dude, you should get on the Hulu game because Hulu's anime game is amazing. Is it is it better than Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Is it better? Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> like I've watched everything on Netflix, so it's like I don't want to just be like, yeah, it's better because I haven't seen a lot of it yet. But it's it's really good. And I, I was gonna say the same thing is that there's like the most <laughs> the things that I watch the most, and like when I get a chance to watch TV. It's usually anime, or usually something very specific. That mm, loving it, dude. Yeah. Anime's fucking fantastic. I'm so I'm playing a game called Persona Four, and it's like Ooh, playing yeah. an anime. Yeah. And honestly, like the game is slow paced. It's a JRPG, and I haven't played one of those since Pokemon because I usually <laughs> hate them. But it's the fucking it's the fucking characters, and it's the subject matter. It's the way it's told, and it's all very similar to an anime that's like mm. totally sucked me in. And it's just like, dude, I fucking love this style of <laughs> storytelling. You know, like anime usually is a, a long, slower, you know, slower pace. It's not like a three act structure like we're kind of used to. It's yeah. these long burns, but they usually pay off in much bigger, satisfying way, more yeah. satisfying ways. I think TV just in general gets a bad rap for being like something that you waste your time doing. As opposed, like if somebody was to come over and be like, "Dude, I sat down and listened to like so and so's album, like a Radiohead album for like four hours last night," just on repeat, you would kind of be like, "Whoa." You must have really been yeah, feeling something that was really, really deep. deep that was must have been something like <laughs> spiritual almost. Yeah. You know? And then if you're like, I watched four hours of such and such show, they'd be like, Yeah, that guy fucking he's got a problem, man. Like yeah. I can't believe you would do that. Or well, with anything, like video games. Like you said, dude, time flies when I play. Even for me, like it's bad when you play Dark Souls, but when you think about if I spend that much time playing like Street Fighter, I'm literally just like restarting match, restarting match and playing the same thing over and over again. And sometimes, well, dude, two hours. Oops. But yeah. but, <laughs> but that but that right there is I think a hallmark of art. And what I will what I think must must be a trait of, of something, if you're going to call it art, is it puts you in a sort of sort of like appropriated time where you forget time itself. You hit that flow. Time just you forget about it. You're in a suspended state, completely removed from time altogether, mm -hmm. and it just passes. And I will say that, yes, it's it's easy to judge somebody, I think, a little bit more for spending that much time in, in television. But I, I think that, you know, at least with people like with our friend groups and you guys in particular, like if you were to watch a show for that long or even do anything else for that long, you usually have something to say about it. And I yeah. think a lot of people today just like I watch TV because that's what I do, you know, and that's when I will say, OK, well, then I don't think it's that constructive, you know, whereas yeah. when Hunter mm -hmm. watches an anime and he says like, this this anime was interesting because these characters did this thing that was unique and the plot was different in these ways or or whatever it is. Then it's like okay, I understand there was at least some like cognition going on the whole time. Yeah, that is very true. Actually, and, yeah. and that's like why I mean I think that's why mostly I've been trying to yeah kind of cut cut out a little bit of the TV. But I but I'm like very pointed in my efforts and what I will watch on TV. So like I still watch Colbert. 
Late Show. Yeah. Yeah. Like he gets my vote, man. <laughs> so hold on, hold on one second. We're 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 kind of transitioning out of the news. The news is done, but I just want to ask you, like personally, I have not been. I've really fallen off Stephen Colbert's Late Show. Like, I really am, in I'm what not way? Like it. you don't like it very much. Like, I don't think he's. A, I don't think he's doing a very. Like I just don't like him as a host of Late Night right now. As mm. opposed to him on the Colbert Report, like it's not the same. I I mean, there's that, but I've just I've actually been watching. Um, Fuck, what's his name? He, he does a closer really look. He was the guy who was on SNL for a while. Uh, Seth Meyers? Yes, I've been watching him a whole lot. I really, really? like Seth Meyers. He's like the end of most late night jokes. <laughs> the butt end. Like, Dude, I think he he's just, really he good. very unexpected, really? I think, when he... Yeah, you know, I, well, I think... So John Oliver's been... I think, I think he's my favorite. I think Seth I Meyers John is right Oliver. behind him. And I think um, Stephen Colbert kind of falls behind those, those two. I and the like reason is... What's that? I still like Jimmy Fallon too. I think he's yeah. I got nothing against the other ones. It's just I don't really watch them. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like I don't know. There's a certain level of like, um, whenever especially you talk about political things, you you bring a level of journalism mixed with like a level of humor, and I just think Colbert. It's like so abundantly obvious like what he thinks, and I think he I think he's like literally just too one sided for me in a lot of ways. Like he. He puts me off with some of the questions that he's asked certain types of people in ways that like I think so I think John Oliver is, is my favorite because he's the most journalistic like the like he's funny but his show does the most research it shows you mm-hmm. the most eye-opening things I think yeah. Seth Meyers is a good combination of the two where he's a little journalistic but he's also pretty funny and then I find Stephen Colbert just be like way too obvious I don't know Well it's funny because he comes from such a like parody character yeah you know like he was a parody person on the colbert report he Mm. wasn't technically himself in that regard so when then you take him on to late night like maybe he's still it's like you kind of have to like own one side you either have to go to late night being the character colbert or stephen colbert the person the, the the biggest thing i think you nailed it is that people don't really know how to process him now because they've he's so been so ingrained in like being who he was on the Colbert rapport that they don't they don't even hardly know how to take him as just for who he is now. But I, I will say this. I, I look at it more from just like how he sets up and structures his show as opposed to necessarily like the questions he asks and stuff. And I think that the way that like his show plays out is like pretty notably different than most other late night shows. I and think so I, too. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Like I like the band that he has the band like is great, of, dude. I like kind of the goofiness and stuff that he has, and like the difference in goofiness that he has. So I'm still on. I'm still on board. <laughs> I don't watch cool. any of these shows, but I'll take your recommendations and start watching both <laughs> Seth Meyers and Late Night with Stephen Colbert. Well, I usually just watch them on YouTube because it turns out that Late Night was fucking designed for YouTube clips, and yeah, that's yeah. sort of how I consume those shows. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. That's all the news, and that was a little uh, late-night conversation tacked on to the end. So let's go ahead and take a moment for halftime, and then we'll come back, talk about this beer, and keep on rolling. Sounds good. Sounds good. Excellent. If you want to follow the show once the mics have turned off, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Witty Banter Show. Also, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Podcast and help the show get discovered by leaving a review on iTunes. And finally, steer the conversation by sending a question to wittybantershow at gmail.com or suggest a beer for us to review by going to our website, wittybantershow.com. That's enough plugs. Let's get back to the show. All right. We're back. Halftime has been concluded. We're back in the 
second quarter of Witty Banter, I suppose. Second, <laughs> second quarter? Or second the half. second half of the yeah, show. This way. is going to be a super Half time to the first half of the show. <laughs> okay, Hunter, what are you thinking about this beer right now? So, yeah, it's been opening up a little bit more. I found myself drinking it a little faster than I normally drink beers. Uh, That's and because he's is, got the iron gut, man. And that 11% <laughs> doesn't matter anymore. Almost yeah, 12%. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's something I'd like to say is that, yeah, even though it is very high in alcoholic content, it doesn't drink that way, I don't feel like. I mean, you definitely taste it, um, but I feel like it goes down relatively smooth compared to like other alcohols that I've had that are this high. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's still sweet. It's still uh, still pubish. I feel like yeah. we're getting a good session off it. It's definitely not a sessionable beer because of the alcoholic content, but I mean, I'm enjoying. Depends on what session. I'm enjoying just like sitting on it and letting it open up, and yeah, it's it's been doing good. What do you think, Max? I dude, I really like this beer. Like, I oh. think it's really good. I think there's almost like a caramel taste that I was kind of missing before that I like a lot. Um, the nougat that maybe yeah, exactly yeah the nougat earlier. has evened out into a caramel. You know, oh. now, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He said um, caramel, by the way. I, yeah, you know. Um, I like it a lot, <laughs> man. I think it's really good. I think it's super drinkable. I wouldn't drink. It's super drinkable, but I wouldn't drink a lot of them back to back. And that's like even without knowing the alcohol content. Because it's, it's sweet. It's yeah. super sweet. But it's like if I was to get this and some food would be really cool. Because it's like I got time for a beer and yeah. honestly like some pub food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and some fish and chips. This does feel like a fish and chips kind of beer. Fish and, fish and chips, chips beer, chips, man. man. And, uh, I, dude, I fucking love it. I think it's really good. good. I like it a lot. Not to spoil I'm my ending. I'm falling a little out of love with it. Okay. Yeah, somebody's got to be different. Somebody's got to be the black like a, So this is like a deep, deep beer. Like the flavor profile is is complex and it's rich, I would describe it. I, that sweetness is the initial smell and the, the initial feel, I think, on the on the in your mouth as well. But it almost has like a medicine-y taste to me, where really? it's almost like a like a deep cherry, um, and sort of okay. like a, just like like a dried fruit, you know, like dried apricot type of taste in there okay. going on for me. I, got I don't you. get like if I was gonna say it's spicy, I would say it's more of like like whenever you um, mule wine with like muling spices, it's like that kind of spice, like anise and things like that. Not mm-hmm. like cinnamon or anything like that. But so for me, it's like, it's super sweet. It's got that caramel, but that medicine taste is like overwhelming to me in an off-putting way. Where yeah. do you taste that? Like on the beginning or the end? In the or? Mostly in the aftertaste. Okay. Yeah. And, and it sticks really hard because of how alcoholic it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I, I was going to say that. It has kind of a long... Uh, taste profile and just that like I still even though I just took a sip of it maybe like 45 seconds ago it's still in my mouth like it's still hanging around almost so. like a yeah. syrupy medicine Every, kind of taste yeah yeah well not, like yeah. it's 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 like a um, almost like raisin you know I get what I you're saying like a dried dark fruit like kind yeah, of thing. yeah like jam even like a preserve or something. So but I like jam. No, I like that. Yeah, no, I think delicious. that's fine. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. You guys, I love jam. <laughs> no, don't tell no, 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 I don't like jam. This is in Chase hates jam. I think the beer is like <laughs> rich, robust, and super flavorful. It's just that I have like just a kind of, I don't like that medicine-y taste, you know? Do you think but it's that, just the high alcohol content? I mean, that it's just too high? Well, I'm sure you've had high alcohol beers that he liked. So. But I mean, rarely do we get one that's this high. 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it's usually the like the double IPAs and the Imperial Stouts that we drink that are this high. And usually when you drink those super high IPAs, they're they're usually sweet, just like this one is. But they even out more with like that kind of piney, um, almost like grassy flavor. Or like even this... bitterness almost, you know, like if you have a little bit more bitterness to kind of even it out and take away from that alcohol. Sweetness. And I think there is, I think there is a good bit of bitterness on here. I mean, I don't think it's like the star, but like there's definitely a backbone holding all of the sweetness up, you know, and I think I do get a, a bit of bitterness on the back of my tongue when I'm sort of finishing the sip as well. Okay. By the way, I'm just going to say, I really like the, uh, the logo. The label. Yeah, dude, the label of this beer it's is just really so cool. Classy. I really. You got like a big nug in the middle of, <laughs> of the old O and old for old stock ale, man. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. and it's gold and it has like a nice little like it's wave, simple wavy design. Oh, I yeah, would have picked just, this beer out for sure. I, think, I was like scanning yeah. an aisle. It's or, like scanning taps. You know, it, it rides. It rides the wave of its own flavor. It doesn't gold? need any fucking gimmicks. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Awesome. Okay. Cool. All right. Cool. Good Let's go ahead and bust into our segment. We're going to be playing a new little game that Hunter has prepared for us. So, Hunter, why don't you take it away, man? Okay, guys. So, this is a new one. We're breaking out a new game here, and it is called Metal or Magic. Metal or Magic. <laughs> okay, so here are the rules, okay? I tried to keep them as succinct as possible, but I want there to be a little bit of mind games going on. Okay? That's good. Why should be tricky? So... The, the, the basis of this show is there are going to be five quotes that are given to both of you guys. Five different quotes, and I've prepared tiebreakers if necessary. And those quotes will either be something that has been on or, or that, that is located on a magic card, or it will be a lyric within a very <laughs> metal song. Um, yeah, so you so so at the bottom of every Magic the Gathering card is a little inscription of lore, and so that's what you're you've taken, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, I was yeah, trying it's to not think just of like the description. Yeah, I was trying uh, to plus think. five armor and <laughs> six sword. I think that one's magic. Yeah, oh, that was a nail song. Sorry, <laughs> but Fuck, yeah, so dude. yeah, there's there's like little bits of lore and stuff that are on Magic cards, and some of them can be pretty metal. It's actually called Flavor Text. <laughs> flavor Text. Okay, is that what it was called? I had no idea yeah. what to call it. Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, seriously, it is <laughs> called Flavor Text. <laughs> thank, thank you for clarifying that. I really needed it. Um, no so, problem. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read you all five quotes. I've prepared tiebreakers. Both people are going to answer what they think it is on each quote. Okay. And we're going to switch off who goes first. Um, Do I have to pick different than him? Like no, we, okay. so this is the thing: is every person's answer is worth one point, and so if if you get it wrong, it's zero points. If you get it right, it's one point. But when you have the one person that has to go first, the other person can either follow suit or he can snatch it by stealing a different one. Okay. The way it works is, if y'all both get it wrong, then I get a point. Okay. If uh, so, you can win. And then whenever y'all get it right, y'all get a point. That makes okay. sense. And We're so, all playing right now. Final little bit here. Y'all each have one hint phrase that y'all will uh, have. It's like a lifeline of sorts. And so that hint will be a name. And that name will either be the name of the card or it'll be the name of the song. <laughs> Damn, this is elaborate. Can I get I my like hints? It. This one's called Flowers of the Morning Glory. Yeah, and you're not going to uh, know. You're not gonna, I'm not going to signify whether or not it's a song or a card. You're just going to get a name, and hopefully that'll you know 
push you in the right direction, whether or not it's a metal song or a Magic the Gathering card. This one's called Cracked Helm Full of Blood. Uh, <laughs> I love that song, dude. Okay, so do you guys feel like you understand the rules? Are you ready? Uh, Let's yes. do it. Ready. Okay, so I'm pulling up my first uh, quote here. So the first quote, It was the darkest night that I ever remember. I saw my brothers on the field wither and die. Max, I'm going to make you go first. Oh, fuck. Okay, <laughs> dude. Uh, that's a song for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go with song on that one. Just fucking copy me, dude. Dang it, man. I'm, I'm bad at this. <laughs> so that was a song. What song was it? Do you have like... It's, uh, it's called... So I've got specs on all this stuff. Good. So that song is uh, Children of the Sun, and that's written by Richie Castellano, who is the current guitarist of Blue Oyster Cult. Ooh, oh, that's cool. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, these aren't like like traditionally modern metal lyrics, which is what I like. I've got a, a variety of metal. Go I've got like some time. really hardcore, intense metal, and then I've got like some fantasy metal. Blue Oyster so, Cult gets down. Blue yeah. Oyster Cult. This like, actually lyrically? isn't Blue Oyster Cult. This is a project, a side project of his called okay. Morning Starlet. <laughs> Still <laughs> sounds, sounds hot. Pretty dope. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, and so like the reason why I, I even knew about this band was because they had a song called Mother of Dragons, which is based off of okay. Game of Thrones. <laughs> so I thought it was relevant. You know, we talked about Game <laughs> yeah, of Thrones last that's time. That's true. Okay, so quote number two. Y'all both got a point for that one. Okay. Boop. Good job, Chase. Okay. Yeah. So the next one. Until we shed the curse of sentience, we must endure its grotesque handiwork. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with magic card. It God. sounds like an artifact. <laughs> I want to go with magic card too, but I uh, can I hear the quote again? Yes. Until we shed the side of sentience. <laughs> Until we shed we the curse bear. of sentience, we must endure its grotesque handiwork. Oh my god! I could just hear the so double bass good. already, dude. I know. <laughs> you know what, dude? I'm gonna be different, and I'm gonna say metal song. That way, one of us is point. Who is it gonna be? But it's gonna be me. Okay. The metal song. It is Chase. Chase. Fuck, dude. Got I, that god one. Damn. So now it is two. Was to that one. an artifact card? That was an enchantment. That was the. Ah. That was the relic, putrescence. <laughs> Naturally. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that quote was by Vorinclex, Voice of Hunger. <laughs> the voice of hunger. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Next quote. We are on quote number three. The two score to is two to one. Mm -hmm. Chase. All right. So, Max, you're up. Okay. Got to ride this lead out. I know. He's just going to copy me the rest <laughs> of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Strategy. But Strategy. then I get a point if y'all both get it wrong. That's true. From your death, new life. From your loss, our profit. Oh, that's a song for sure. I'm going to go with Magic Card. That sounds like a fucking removal card. Chase is right again. Fuck, dude. <laughs> I'm going to say, I think Chase has a natural little bit of a head start here because he actually he plays won, Magic. He plays Magic too. He's like the fantasy dork out of all of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do wear a helmet. That's, good. Quite yeah, that's true. Yeah, watch Chase, the stream if you don't this believe This is me. the right of Serpent. Do you remember this one? It's a yeah, sorcery. It sounds familiar. You destroy a target creature. If that creature had a 1 1 counter on it, put a 1 1 green snake creature onto the battlefield. There you go. But yes, so now we got 3 1. Chase is really just taking this one home right now. That's fucking stupid. Okay. That's <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> okay. So this is uh, the next quote here. Chase, you are up. Quote number four Your ideas will be discarded. 
and your will repurposed? Ooh, man. The thing is, is the first one was pretty easy. The second one I thought was easy. The third one, I guessed a little bit. This one, like, <laughs> I feel like this could go either way. I'm going to go with Magic Card. I got to play the odds, dude. It's a metal song, right? Chase, you lucky bastard. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Dude, God. it just sounds, because, like, if you can imply some sort of mechanic from it, then, like, it's probably a magic card, you See, know? Like, I, I, I just don't even think that it has anything to do with, like, these cards. Like, I, re- I literally just again? found your yeah, ideas will be discarded and your will repurposed. Dude, that sounds yeah. exactly like a metal song. <laughs> yes, dude. It's Are you kidding me? Discarded. Yeah, I was going to say, gorgeous. Like, that's, dude, that's a death clock song. That is a nail song. That is Okay, okay, okay. So dang it, man. Chase, you're really just, just putting, make this one worth, my plan. Here. Yeah, but this one here is probably like the most important one. So this is really for the whole, we, all the marbles, you know? So it's what? No. Four, yeah, to, no, it's four, four to one? It's yeah. three to one. Let's not get crazy here. Is it? Oh, yeah, it's three to one. It's three to one. Yeah. No, 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 no. We've only I've had four every quotes. single one of them right. I know. There's only five total quotes. Oh. So it's, it's, yeah, it's three to one. Let's everybody relax. Okay. Oh, no. No, it is four to one because he's answered Thank you everyone. very much. Yeah, true. got everyone right. It's four to one. I'm sorry, dude. Okay, so <laughs> final quote. Do you want to make this for all? It all? Do you want to? Yeah. No, he's said he's wanting it. You know, if it makes chase? Max feel better, yes, we can make it through. <laughs> you want to put it up on the line, Chase? I'll put it up on the line. Okay. Bragging rights if you win now. So okay. think about it. <laughs> okay. God damn it. Come the union, crawling naked and low through the moist forest soil, the earth reveals a crom leg. <laughs> God damn it, dude. This is good. <laughs> well, if I you know that my this favorite is way harder than actually Cromwell. So. <laughs> if you need me to read it again, uh, I will. Yeah, let's That's get one more. Y'all, yeah. have your, y'all both have your hints. Let's re- read it one more time. Okay. Come the union, crawling naked and low through the moist forest soil, the earth it's reveals a Cromwell. <laughs> What'd you say, metal song? I said metal song, yeah. Okay, so like, do you want your hints or on. anything? Y'all no, both just everybody relax. <laughs> like from a statistics side, it's got to be a metal song by now. But that sounds like a magic card. And I'm gonna Look, go I with mean, my instinct. And I know you're trying to fuck just with us. It on how much you want to latch on. Y'all not want to use. I mean, I I built this game to have a lifeline. Y'all ain't gonna use it. All right, give this me the lifeline. Give me a lifeline. I don't I, need it, but I want to. I want to say it because this one's funny. Spirit, spirits of the elder gods' domain. Yeah, it's like I'm almost, still going with metal song. It's too obvious to be a magic card, but I'm gonna say magic card. Max, this was an unfortunate game for you <laughs> because this was a metal song. <laughs> who who wrote the song? Uh, let me pull it up. Okay, so. Spirits of the Elder God's Domain is by Salacious Gods off of the album Son of It in, 2000, of it. in 2002. <sighs> yeah. Chase I, had know, a, just that, I think that Chase little, had a natural uptake. I can't in that one. Tell, you did very well, Chase. I can't you tell answered if it's every Chase single is, one right. Yeah, I can't tell if it's <laughs> that, that Chase is more of a fucking fantasy fact. dork than me or if I'm just a shittier metal fan than he is. Like, I don't know what the difference is. Let it be known that my domain is that of magic and metal, and I cannot be beaten. Magic and metal, yeah. Dude, magic and metal has always been Chase's domain, so. 
<laughs> you can have it, dude. I don't want to be in there. It's fucking gross. Next it's time fucking I'll have hot. to hook Max up with uh, with all of my magic cards. Let him pick a few, and then you and I can go out of chase. That yeah, seems more I honestly fair. thought that last one was a little too obvious with the way that it said like naked and moist and shit. But you know? but Cromleg, that was yeah. the one that really. I was like, that sounds like the name of a card itself. You exactly. Know? So you well, what know. we can do next is we I can lead the game and I can do like uh, like anime or, or not you know like anime. It's got to be something that whoever like that. makes the game. It's got to be a game about the other two people. And I think we can definitely. I do think you're like right. That. We have to cater it to the to the competitors. And I got some good ideas for that. So perfect. Okay, that sounds great. But good All job, right. Chase. A very yeah. well Thank earned you. victory. Congratulations. You're two for two now. I'm f- yeah. I'm fucking the world up right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Put it you're, on the board. You're on your chariot. Ding. Spirits of the Elder Domain. It's going to be like Mario Party, and just at the end of the season, we're just going to randomly appoint <laughs> points to people yeah, like, uh, who had the best lines? Uh, Hunter, for sure. Uh, <laughs> best shirts during Jesus, recording. Max won that award. one for sure. Yeah, yeah. biggest douche award. Danny has all stuff we don't want. Please help me, please help. God damn it. He got a star for that one, too. <laughs> that brings us to our listener mail segment, so let's go ahead and step on over here. We've got a couple E3 questions, so it seems like this listener mail is going to be E3 focused. Great. I'm going to just try to answer the questions rather than just talk about E3 in general because we could be here for a long time if that were the case. Well, okay. you know, if you I were tuning the... in for E3, you know, <laughs> this is your time because some I... people might be listening to this and being like, finally, they're going to talk about all those games. And it's <laughs> like, what true. the fuck is happening? I say what we, is Metal Man? We give it a good, uh, a good go, but I mean, the questions that I got a peek at, they're vague enough for us to be able to unfold whatever we want. So I'm excited for them. Yeah, let's, do let's do it. Let's cool. hear it. The first question comes from a friend named Blake May who emailed the show at wittybantershow at gmail.com. He has a couple questions. He says, one, what do you think the biggest announcements of E3 are this year? And Max, before I start with mine, I wanted to know if you had any in particular, if you've been paying attention to the E3 madness. It's kind of tricky because I've been paying a little bit of attention, not a whole lot. And it depends on what he means by biggest. Because I think, honestly, the biggest surprise for me was not like, oh, I never heard of this game. Like, this looks cool, but a lot more of, like, that game is going to be trash. E3 comes out. Maybe not. That game looks pretty <laughs> sick, actually. And yeah, the two that game. pop out to me is, uh, dude, the Titanfall trailer? Yeah, looks right? Sick, dude. The Titanfall stuff looks tight. Every that time said, so last, uh, when Titanfall 1 came out, I felt similar. I was like, the okay, same this is the game for us. Uh, yep. Later, Call of Duty, we're Even done. Even that got my giblets in a, in a jubbly. When know? he was, like, grappling <laughs> hook. <laughs> Giblets and the Jubbly all around, man. I'm going to say Magic Card. (laughs) You were wrong. That's a metal song. It's by the uh, Giblets and the Jubbly Boys. Uh, (laughs) No, but like just like, you know, swinging around, flying, like killing people in mechs and swinging into your mech. It was like so cinematic, but it was supposed to be gameplay and it was. The gameplay looked sick. I was really fucking like, it's same like what you're saying. I was like, I didn't even play Titanfall 1, even though that was like the reason why I bought my Xbox. (laughs) But then I saw Titanfall 2's trailer and I was like, fuck, every time they show this to me, I'm like, yeah, that looks amazing. Yeah, man. That is super cool. It was that game. And uh, I'm not going to lie, dude. Call of Duty, the new Call of Duty looks pretty cool. I know, dude. dude. I haven't given I a can't, fuck. I can't, I can't dedicate myself to it, especially not in recording, because, dude, I said that. I feel like I say that about every, uh, maybe not everyone, but I remember th- saying that about the last one that they wrote, too, and being like, dude, this is cool. They, like, shoot around. It's going to be a little bit more different, and I played it once, and was just like, okay, this is the same what, game. What, was, what, what 
kind of jumped out to you that made you like this one? So it's it's Call of Duty Inf- Infinite Warfare, and it's basically set in the far future now. And the first part of the demo didn't even look like a Call of Duty demo. It gives this guy who gets into this like spaceship and launches out into space, like jumps out of his spacecraft, and you're like jumping through space and like using a grappling hook to like pull people into you and break their face mask Dude, and then like pull yourself to another it so was sick, sick. <laughs> it is so sick and this is what it made me think of was uh, a long time ago that release footage came out for i think it would be like battlefield 3 or not battlefield i'm sorry battlefront 3 but it was before the new battlefront game came out where you could like go in and out of space you can go to ground battles and then go into space and that's like when that game got canceled my heart like broke into a million pieces and i've been repairing it ever since and when this shows this sort of like space combat stuff, I'm just like, okay, dude, if I just like close my eyes and just pretend this is Star Wars in some way <laughs> with no lightsabers, I think I might be okay. Like that's, it just looks that kind of like space. But it looks, yeah. it's taking a big leap, which is good because that's a dry run formula by now. Yeah. I mean, do you all feel like it's hard for y'all to even really give Call of Duty any real like heave ho in regards of excitement? Especially since the new Battlefield at first looked really cool, but they haven't. I feel like I haven't seen anything new for Battlefield One, is what they're calling it, right? For a you while, what, there's nothing new about the first game to ever do World War One. No, no, no. I mean, like, no, no, no. I mean, they haven't come out with anything new since I first seen it. Like, they didn't really right. do anything at E3. And but except that for being a forty-five said, minute live stream, yeah, which is cool. But it's still it didn't see it didn't show me anything that I like didn't see before. And but that being said, I mean that still looks except really gameplay. tight too. It looks fucking cool too. I mean things I didn't expect. Sorry. But it still looks fucking cool, and not like it's just weird for me to be pretty pumped over three first-person shooters because I haven't been pumped over a first-person shooter since yeah, Modern Warfare, since Black Ops, honestly, yeah. Black Ops One. So when so. he asked about our fa- our favorite announcements, honestly, what I, th- what I think characterizes E3 was a lack of new announcements. I think what we saw generally throughout all of the conferences were actually just deeper looks at things that we already knew were coming. Yeah. And in that instance, I was a little like I found this E3 to be a little like lackluster and underwhelming. That being said, there were some announcements that were there, um, specifically Hideo Kojima showing the f- like the first snippet of his new game, which I guarantee you that actual, the quote-unquote game, doesn't exist. But what we saw of that first, <laughs> of like the concept of it was like, just the imagery was so just... I had never seen anything Hideo like Kojima? it. You know, it yeah. was clearly the vision of someone who is incredibly creative and like... You know, will we see that game in maybe four years, five years? It's probably going to take that long. But what I saw was still like it, it swept my imagination it's, up. You know, people are going to be talking about it the entire five years. So that's exactly, cool. yeah. I thought it was super cool that God of War is confirmed to be in Norse mythology now. That's super. And, I thought of you when I first heard that too, because I kind of heard like a rumor about that a long time ago, and I was like, I feel like Chase can get behind this. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's got like this more over the cam over the shoulder type camera, and it looks like it's kind of got slower, more Dark Soulsy combat. Um, and so I'm just I thought that was cool to see. I'm not exactly like clamoring to play it, but it was a nice surprise. And in in a show in a week that was so full of things that I thought weren't actual announcements, I was that one stuck out. Yeah. His okay. next thing he says is, what is your overall opinion of E3? How do you think it's changed for the better or worse over the years? I think that's obvious, man. It's like you were saying, dude, it's, there's not anything new, and that's not really anybody's fault. It's just this is the time of leaks, man. Like You're always going to know something is coming. You're just going to. That's yep. just internet. That's just the internet. That's just the world you're going to fucking live in, and you're going to know about things years in advance, which is cool, but also kind of sucks at the same time, depends on how you look at it. Yeah, but I, I think, think it's, a big part... 
I think a big part of of what was playing into the fact that we I wasn't very surprised was the fact that so much is leaked. And then on on the one hand, I'm happy for that because I'm I'm glad that there are people out there now who are like digging into the games mm-hmm. industry and trying to upend everything. But at yeah. the same time, it does take a, away a little bit a bit of that magic. Um, this E3 in particular, like I said, I was underwhelmed. Um, and it's you know E3 is always just corporate mouthpieces trying to hype you up to buy their <laughs> shit. True. And yeah. oftentimes what you see in these demos are not at all indicative of what you're going to get. You know, like yeah. the, the vertical slice that you see is just totally polished and looks amazing. And all of the AI is turned off so they can fit more people on the screen. <laughs> yeah. And like, it's never exactly true. Um, but that being said, it, it is always a moment where the whole industry, all their eyes are at one, on one thing at one time, and I've always yeah. enjoyed E3 for that. It's your time to make a big announcement for everybody to hear it, and I think that's cool. And like you, we were saying, I mean, we're, I was still surprised by stuff that came out. It just wasn't new things, but I was still surprised by content. And of course, um, Street Fighter V, the announcements for that, and then you got to see a lot of the story mode, which is coming out, which is really cool. And yeah. then also... Uh, they told us that you can play as all the DLC characters in the story mode, which is really cool. Because oh, nice. yeah, so like there's only two characters out right now. Um, there's going to be a total of six. But when the story mode leaks, or not leaks, when it comes out, and I believe June or July, um, you'll be able to actually play at least for a small instance of all the characters, which is super dope. I'm surprised. Did you I see thought you said that that E3 was like. A surprising uh, thing. I Chase? was also going to bring that up. You said that Sony dropped the best conference yeah, the that they'd ever had. E3. So, you know, we're all wondering, yeah, like, are conference? you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I said that I think uh, Sony ran one of the most impressive conferences ever. And it, because it was, and it was more of like how they structured it and how they did it. They had a live orchestra that orchestrated the music behind every That's game that was dumb. up That's there. Super I actually heard that. Very, and they stuck around sick. when it was over to like do a bunch of more songs. And it was, yeah. And it was, it was awesome. just game announcement after yeah. game announcement after game announcement. And it just like never stopped. And it, and it was just super impressive. You know, like when you compare it to Microsoft's conference where they did talk a lot about hardware and they showed, and they, they kind of did like, well, let's keep tabs on what happened with this game last year. You know, there's, there's these kind of noticeable lulls where Sony yeah. was just short concise showed you exactly what they needed to show you they brought out playstation vr and they said these next couple games are going to be vr games and it was the first time that they actually showed like game games for vr like big full-sized games that are going to be on their virtual reality platform like yeah. resident evil 7 that's um, so tight actually yeah and i love that they're like the yeah, horror genre actually, in particular is what is selling say, VR. man because are you excited for anything for vr because I, out of the three of us, you're definitely the horror fan of the group, and that's really cool. But there's definitely, like, that's the things that are grabbing my attention. Resident Evil, um, oh, what's the game that did really well that was, like, the horror story mode game? That, PT? No, uh, no, 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 no. The other one where, like, you played as, like, seven teenagers, but you can control oh, through your uh, actions. Oh, Until Dawn. Until Dawn's going to be out on VR, which is really cool. Yeah, Honestly, but that's, like, an on-rails, like, experience. It's totally oh, different. It? Oh, never mind. But yeah, still, once that kind of, like, really manifests itself into something really interesting and cool, that's... Honestly, it's... I think it'd be cool for somebody who's a horror fan, but for somebody like me, like, why would I ever do that? That sounds horrible. Yeah. That sounds literally like... Well, that's what... I mean, I really like I'm going thought to of die. Chase uh, on this one guy who's on YouTube, and, like, all he does is have videos of him freaking out to horror video games in VR. And I was like, that just seems like exactly what Chase would love to do. I don't know. Is that Chase, not? Is that well, not let's let's both take science here. You think Chase would like that, but I don't think that you look at the horror movies that kind of way. 
Like, I don't think you look at him in that sort of sense. Like, well, I, don't no, think I, mean, like, like, I don't think you like being spooked. I think he likes the thrill, though. You like being spooked? I like the adrenaline. No, you might actually like being spooked. You might actually like being spooked. You actually might be like... <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, I've um, been doing the show a really long time. Yeah, though. you guys are like best <laughs> friends. I'm just some dude who like lives next door and just decided to come over. That's really cool. But yeah, like we're seeing um, some of the biggest publishers pull out of having a presence at E3, at least on the show floor. And that's because they kind of know that at the, the way the Internet works now, they can kind of speak directly to their audience. And, and we're seeing that maybe E3 is not going to play the role that it used to play in being the one point where you disseminate all your news. I mean, it is the it is the week where you're going to get all of your news stories in the biggest um, uh uh, news sites like USA Today and and Time and all that. That's when video games are going to be in the mainstream, and it's still and important the for that. Demonstrations too, yeah. Right. So um, that's sort of how I see E3 trending. And then finally, he says, "What is your top five list of most impressive things you've seen at E3 this year?" I honestly feel like I can't give you five because I don't think there was that many impressive things. I do want to bring up the fact that Microsoft announced its um, newest kind of like strategy and almost its new console next year called Project Scorpio. And its tagline is beyond generations. And just a few months ago, we started seeing rumors that PlayStation 4 was going to have a intermittent um, system called the PlayStation like 4.5, quote unquote. And it was going to be like this upgraded version of the PlayStation 4. And a lot of people were like, okay, well, like we don't know what this means as consumers. We don't know if this means that gaming is going to actually move to this model of uh, the way like phones work where you get kind of like incremental cycles. And it kind of looks like Microsoft is confirming that. And they're, and they're basically saying that when they say beyond generations, it almost sounds as if they're going to do away with having um, – these long drawn out console cycles because the PC space is moving so quickly and PC games kind of offer such a more robust, luxurious experience that it's, it's hard for consoles to keep up. And another thing that they did constantly throughout their show was they would say Xbox and windows 10 exclusive. None of it anymore is just Xbox exclusive. And it's honestly like the whole time they're playing their show. It's like, you're kind of telling me reasons why I don't need an Xbox anymore. Dude, honestly, if I just have windows PC, 10, wow. yeah, if I, if I just have Windows 10, then I'm fine. And if I don't, well, then I can just wait for Project Scorpio. You know, it was it was very odd. And I don't want to speculate too much on their strategy because I'm not really good at analyzing that kind of shit. But all I am, I'm excited to see them come out of the gate. And it seems like for the first time they're on the offensive with Sony. It's This is the time where they're finally able to kind of rebrand and, and launch something new. And the fact that Sony specifically said we're not going to bring up PlayStation 4.5 when there's so much worry and consumer speculation around it in Microsoft, and they kind of took a little bit of a jab. They said, that's why, and he said, quote, on stage, like, that's why we're announcing it today, because we're telling you now that this is how it's going to, this is our vision. And it's interesting to finally see them have some, like, gusto and go up there and, 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 and kind of lay out their vision, you know? Well, we don't know what it means yet. And that's kind of I was kind of looking to see what your take is on that, really, because from what I've heard about that is that consoles are trying to become like get into like that middle ground where they can upgrade almost like yearly to bi yearly. Yeah. And that's honestly a terrible idea in my sense, because that mm. takes away console safety. That takes away the easiest part about you get a game and you put it into this machine that always plays your game. And if you kind of cut that out. You're going to create this middle system where people are going to look at that and be like, why don't I just buy a just get PC? A computer, why don't yeah. I just get a PC that can yeah. guaranteed all I, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, I'll buy this part to make it to where this is upgraded to that point. Oh, yeah. that's just dumb, dude. I, I mean, don't it, think it's a good idea. It just seems weird to me that, you know, we, we, we all know about 
technological advancement and how it's pretty much exponential. And the fact that we still have like this long drawn out console cycle where we're expecting, you know, 10 years between consoles. And I, I honestly am really surprised to be hearing that there's all this speculation about PlayStation 4.5 and this Xbox Scorpio. I mean, I'm not up to date with the news or anything, but it's really surprising because it doesn't seem that long ago that they were just announcing the PS4 and the Xbox One, you know? Exactly. And that's, and that's where that's where a lot of this consumer backlash comes from. It's like, I just bought your one machine, <laughs> and now you're telling me that a new, better one's going to come out. And like Max, like you were saying... If, if another console has power that can be taken advantage of, and now Microsoft says, like, every game must work and will work across all three of our systems, but there's going to come a point, and the, the 3DS is a good way to look at it, where there's the new 3DS, which has better hardware, and then there's the older one, and every time, people usually just develop for the older one because they don't want to segment their audience by making a game that can only run on the higher-end one. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's so many questions, and that's exactly why I'm purposely not trying to speculate too much because I, we just need to watch. Yeah, let's wait. See yeah, what let's happens. wait to see what this actually... I don't even, honestly, I don't know what 4.5 means. You but know, I feel like that's, or that's, the Xbox. that's the conundrum, is that I feel like everybody is in a similar position, and everybody's saying, we just need to wait and figure it out and like things will sort of settle and then we'll know how to react, you know, to the market or whatever. But I feel like there are a lot of people that didn't buy consoles for that very reason. I you know, and that's why it's like so strange that they're coming out with another console because it's just gonna confound the original point, which is like, oh, we need to wait for you know until we understand what's going on and then they're going to be doing their next console I, you know? I understand why they're like incorporating a lot more of the PC audience I do because it's to sell the game more which could still be developed yeah. by a company and let within me, and let me Microsoft be clear, or something it like got that, me like. super excited for them to say like okay Gears of War 4 Windows PC and Xbox because now it because Cole doesn't have an Xbox anymore he has yeah, PC we can and now it's like it. fuck yeah. yes I can play with Cole now you know yeah, and, that, no, yeah that's awesome that's really cool uh, so his last question is, do you think v the VR hype is real and worth buying into, or are we still a ways out from having badass um, VR experiences? I just want to touch on this quickly. I don't think hype is ever worth buying into. Don't ever buy into hype unless it's something that like you 100% know you're going to enjoy. When it comes to VR, I'm still not sold as far as like I'm not going to buy one right away. I think... When I first had a VR experience, it was fun, but now I've gone to several conferences or several shows where um, there's been VR on the showroom floor and I just don't line up for it because I'm like, eh, I don't need to do that. You know, yeah. it just like hasn't been compelling. And I think what's going to eventually get me into VR is a Formula One game in VR or these horror experiences, these actual games that are built from the ground up. I, st I do think VR is going to be um, a very big force of momentum in the industry you look at the way playstation talks about it they talk about it as if they're launching a new console they look at it as a market shifting technology and i think it has that potential but when it comes to buying into the hype yes i think you should still wait and you need to be very upfront and honest with yourself and think like why do i want it and what do i want it for before you buy into it that's yeah. what I, yeah that's what i was gonna say is like it is a hundred percent just hype until they get a full-fledged game on it you know like they need to they need to have some like a hundred percent surefire dedication to VR being uh, applicable, you know, use for games. But I, I agree with your notion that it's going to be such a sort of like once it becomes a lot more in every home and like people are starting to buy it, 
it's going to be a lot more it's or it, for me it seems like it'll be a lot more widespread for its uses outside of just video games and that they'll yeah. be able to the, I think the, the experience thing is going to be driven like watching driving movies is going to be yeah, more I mean, based I around think, it, things I think like games that, yeah. the games are going to be what's cool is the games are the proof of concept of the technology right now which i think is really cool but you're right i think it's going to be proliferate through other other things besides games <laughs> so our last e3 question comes from twitter this is at Baphometa, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She is actually a fellow streamer who puts on, I think she streams like almost every night and her streams are hilarious, man. She's like always drinking and playing drinking games. She plays like RPGs and shit. So shout out to her. Thank Kick you for ass. the question. She cool. sounds you cool. Can, yeah, you can tweet us at Witty Banter Show just like she did to ask us questions. She says, what was your biggest disappointment out of E3 this year? Max, I'll let you take this one. I don't know. Honestly, like you said, there was just no... I don't feel like I heard of a new game that I wanted to play. Like I, everything I heard was just all from games that I already knew about. Um, I think it's cool that there were some games that I wasn't super into and that I feel like I left E3 being more into, but there's not a single new game that I got from E3 that I didn't get just from like, you know, if you want to get your game out there, all you have to do is just post a trailer on YouTube and post it on your social media or something. And people will eventually all go see it. You know, you don't need to wait for E3 for that. Um, like I just I feel like I didn't get there's no new game that I wanted to fucking play really. So I mean, what, my biggest excitement about it was like just the overall seeing Sony's first party announcements. I realized I'm like, wow, game graphics and game presentation is is uh, is far above anything we've ever seen right now. And yeah. when I saw the Horizon demo, I was fucking flabbergasted just at the technology. I was like, I can't believe mm -hmm. I'm looking at this. But that being said, my biggest disappointment was just the lack of announcements overall. But two, like we didn't get a release date for Below, which is a, an Xbox <laughs> One and PC exclusive that I've been waiting for. You have been waiting for that game forever. That I feel like, and it's it's got a release window of this summer, and I'm like, they have to give us a release date, and they didn't. So that oh, was a wow. huge bummer. September 31st. Like that's not yeah. <laughs> we also we also didn't get a release date for Cuphead, which that kind of sucks. Um, but we did get a release date for Inside, which is Play Dead's newest game. The guys who did Limbo. And I'm super fucking excited for that. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I guess that would be my biggest one spot disappointment. I will mm -hmm. say I just want to touch on real quick. Hunter, they are releasing a standalone Gwent game. <laughs> I wanted to bring that up, too. Yeah, that dude. is so interesting. Hunter, your game finally came out. It's so funny because your like, life is over. You know, when I came across it, it's just like, ah, cool. Like, this is fun. I like this. But it seems like it's really caught on that it's become something bigger. Oh, than it's a huge thing. Everybody yeah. loves Gwent. Yeah. I just am so surprised that, you know, you can just make some side in-game little thing and that it can actually, yeah, like you said, like proliferate into, uh, you know, like a whole audience that people want just that. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get off of E3, Max, did you see the Tekken 7 announcement? Uh, I don't. They think announced so. Tekken Seven and Akuma's in it. Yeah, I just didn't come, know if you'd care. How about come y'all don't like Akuma? Was Tekken announced the way so y'all like Street Fighter. It well, Akuma's like been announced game. for a long time. Gameplay's been out for forever. For oh, I had no Tekken idea. 7. Yeah, it's super. By tight. the way, when he was first the announced, guy, oh my god, the guy who presented Tekken Seven, I, he's associated with the game somehow. This Japanese guy speaking through a translator comes out in this like fucking Matrix looking kimono <laughs> and sunglasses. <laughs> I sent you guys the picture. Oh yeah. And when I fucking saw hilarious. this guy, I was like, this dude looks like he came fucking yeah. straight out of a South Park <laughs> skit. It was unbelievable. Yeah, dude, this guy yeah, is dude. hilarious looking. Uh, just a side note, I probably will be picking up Tekken because it looks super tight. Well, it seems like it's like a very like. 
it's clearly has its differences, but it seems like you know it's fairly similar it's to Street one Fighter. One of the so four corners of fighting games, I would say. Yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got four corners here. There are four corners. <laughs> what are the four corners? Street Fighter games. Uh, there or Street Fighter Capcom games. Uh, there would be the Tekken games. Okay. There's going to be your anime games, which I will lump Guilty Gear into, even though some people might murder me over that. And then there's going to be Mortal Kombat slash NetherRealm games, which is the other Okay. One. Yeah. Well, I can do that. You play cool. one of those four corners. I've actually sure. played in three of those corners. Cool. Yeah, so you're pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next email comes from your favorite, Dunter Horset. That guy's great. <laughs> and he says... How many times do I have to email Lynn before Mail Corner can be named after me? And that's, I gotta say, the thing Dunter's is, mail we corner? were putting that out there before we were getting mail, but now we're getting mail from all kinds of people. So I don't know if we're gonna be naming it after one person anymore. Well, that's not to mention thing. that one person hasn't really emailed in a while. We said, we said, this is what we said. I think, was, I think this is the episode, the cutoff. We said we will give Nick three episodes to mail in in order to retain his title as Nick's Mail Corner. That yeah. being said, who is Dunter Horset and is he Nick? Therefore, <laughs> do what we the need to Nick? Therefore, do we need to change the name of the Nick's Mail Corner to something other than Nick's Mail Corner or is Dunter Horset Nick and we keep it as it is? That's I what I'm really I think we call it Dunter's is, Nail Mail this, Corner. This, I feel like that's This obvious. requires investigation. I'm telling you guys, we need to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> if you know he who Dunter is, though, he says, mail in. He does have a question. He says, what is your favorite YouTube video that's gone viral? And he says, and he signs off, Dunter, don't hate me because you ain't me, Horset. <laughs> that's true. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for the question. Thank everybody for the question. It's been <laughs> yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that's a, uh, do y'all have anything that, like, that sticks out? Is it something? Well, how would y'all uh, I mean, what do you mean? take it, this, like, you saw it before it went viral? Yeah, my I favorite so. YouTube video, because it's got to be the goat screaming like the a goat. man. Yeah, that's goat exactly screaming like a man, say, man, right? Like, we're all looking around at each other. It's goat screaming. <laughs> Screaming like a man, right? And it's because I'm, of everything behind the goat screaming like a man when you and me were just in your fucking room. Just like somehow. Yeah, Googling thing. Like, I don't even know how we came across it. We Googled, we, we fucking stumbled upon Baby's First Lemon. Baby's First Lemon, which is a which close second. Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. And then in the Hilarious. related videos, it said, Goat screams like a man. We're like, hey, we'll check this out. And yeah, then we dude. stumbled upon what was the funniest thing we had ever I, dude, I don't seen. think I've laughed. I literally don't think I've laughed harder or ever will laugh harder in my life, which is like a bummer, but also I like to remember it. It's like meth. Yeah, exactly. It's never going to be that good again. It's never going to be that funny again. Because every goat, I mean, they're all funny, but nothing's going to be as funny as that first one. I don't know, one. man. We've been, we've been sending like back Bob. and forth some goat goat uh, media and it's been <laughs> and very that's exactly funny. why I know that this is a good answer because it, it's viral people fucking love funny goats now <laughs> and that was the video that started it and we saw that shit months before it blew yeah. up funny goats cute goats there's so many cute goats yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm gonna go a little different because uh, I still think it's a little relevant uh, I, I really remember like whenever I was in uh, high school and somebody showed me the 420 disaster video. <laughs> yeah, the first uh, good oh, neighbor man. thing that I yeah, ever saw, man. Good neighbor stuff. And yeah. it's, it's relevant really because those two guys are on SNL now. Those guys are real. Those yeah, guys those are guys real are comedy like, actors. like really, you know, they're, I don't know, I wouldn't say respected, but they are on <laughs> nighttime, like premiere careers stuff. So they are definitely viral and those videos are viral, but the good neighbor stuff. I kind of stumbled into, I think, before it was, like, super viral. I think it was still pretty small whenever I watched yeah. it. And 
Yeah, so those that, that was probably my favorite ones. Not that, to mention it opened up like a big catalog of some really funny videos. Yeah, just, like there's that one. There was the one where it was like they're talking about people sending in videos. Did you ever see that one? Maybe. I don't it know. was hilarious. <laughs> them just contradicting themselves the whole time in this really funny way. It was like way. random humor. You yeah. Know, it was like right? a different take on random Going humor. around talking to people about the Lakers and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, that <laughs> Dude, was classic. Lakers, That's funny the stuff. The Lakers interview That's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah, if you haven't watched that, yeah. go look up Good Neighbor stuff in Good neighbor, interview. good neighbor, yeah, put out some good stuff back in the day. So our final that? question comes from the a fan of the show who's who's influenced us quite a bit, Ben Ebig. He tweet us Hell again, yeah. the Thank man you, who ben. recommended the last beer. Oh, good job, Ben. And he says, Hope he's not mad. "Do you guys drink from bottles, cans, or glass cups when you're judging a beer?" Glass cups, right? I wouldn't call it a glass cup, or just uh, a glass. I would call it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, you know. So Chase. Chase and his girlfriend have been accumulating all these wine glasses and beer glasses. And then on his birth, uh, most recent birthday, I went up to his place and he just gave me like five or six beer glasses. So now yeah. I have a, refri- or a freezer full of 12 different beer glasses. And so we just pick from those before every show now. You know, I just, yeah, we- I just pick whatever seems appropriate. We always pour our gla- our beer into glasses when we review it. That being said, we buy both bottles and cans, and I am actually more partial to buying cans because, one, I always appreciate good um, like logo design, mm-hmm. and I actually just enjoy it. If I'm going to drink out of something other than a, uh, a glass, I enjoy drinking out of a can way more than I enjoy drinking out of a bottle. Yeah, yeah I remember us discussing that, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like, it's, um, it's not necessarily... Like, we last time we were supposed to drink the you're not your father's root beer over ice apparently so yeah, we might we might have so. messed that one up but it is yeah pretty I'm sorry ben, if if you were disappointed by our we have to do it a, a redo right. a redo and do it over ice and we're just like, this saw, is the best beer I've ever had I went to I went to just get like my own side beers which is still out right now and uh, and I saw like another root beer uh, alcoholic beverage and I was like should I should I <laughs> And I said, no. I'd almost be interested <laughs> in trying it because are they all like that? Because the one thing that I feel like I needed to get across in the last one was that, like, I wish that the beer was a beer that was flavored like root beer instead of, like, yes. a root beer flavored no, like No, you beer. got it across, for sure. But, I'm, dude, I'm, it's almost like it was so peculiar and so not what I wanted it to be that it, like, entices me to go try out oh, other root beer beers. Oh, you're maybe more intrigued for <laughs> so it. So maybe it was more important than I give it credit okay. for. Who thanks knows? for the thanks for the question, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Yep. All right, that's the end of the mail corner. Thank you everyone to or who sent a question in. Once again, you can do that by emailing us at wittybantershow at gmail.com or tweeting us at wittybantershow and we'll read your questions on the podcast. Let's go ahead and put our final scores on this beer and then we'll bail out of here. Max, how are you feeling? Um, I tried the beer. The first sip, and I was like, this is pretty good. I like this beer. And then at halftime, I was like, damn, I love this beer. This beer is good. I like this beer a lot. It's really good, and it's sweet, and it's delicious. But then, like, obviously, after over time, that sweetness turned to, like, not the best thing in the world. It hit my stomach a lot more. It hit, like, that syrupy sort of flavor a little bit more. Um, I don't hate the beer, obviously. I still really like it, but I'm going to give it... At halftime, if you had asked me, I would have said, like, nine. But right now, I'm going to give it an eight. You're giving it an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. I do like the beer a lot. Okay. I, just, I know I hyped it at halftime. I want to make sure I clarify why it's at a 
cool regular eight right now anything so the thing you mainly don't like about it is kind of just the syrupiness i like, the, like the sweetness. sweet beers um i like sweet and spicy beers i do this beer like at first really kind of delivered on that but it was just you know it's it's a lot you know and it's super alcoholic and that's going to mean that it's usually means that it's a little sweeter than most other beers um I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. up my alley in that case. It just might almost be too far up my alley. Like, let's scoot it back a little bit, a little back into my alley. Raise <laughs> some space in the alley. Yeah, you're really cramping my style in my alley. Back up. It's cool that you're in my alley, but you're let's like let's my chill. Alley, you know, okay. let's hang out. Yeah, yeah. my I'm alley. There's a lot here, of space in my alley. You know, you can hang out in the back there. So, um, so I feel similar. I feel like um, I still, yeah, I still really get that sort of English pub feel, and I guess that's you know from all the imported. Uh, what is it called? Fuggles and you can and really L's. the Fuggles, <laughs> Fuggles and East, Fuggles and East. Um, Name of our new album. Yeah, I mean, this is this is kind it's of Magic Card or Metal Band. I, <laughs> I feel like the best way that I could just describe like how I take this beer is this is the exact kind of beer that like if I have a friend who also really likes beer and we want to go and get a beer and have like a deep conversation, we'll sit on this one for like an hour, you know? Yeah, and so. It is high alcoholic content. It is very sweet. Uh, it opens up in a way where, like, you know, the, like when it's really cold and crisp, it goes down a little easier. And then whenever it opens up a little bit, it sticks around in your palate a little bit longer. Um, that being said, like, I can't really get, like, I guess I said spiciness before or spices. I actually can't really get, like, discern specific hints or notes of what I'm getting. I do get a little bit of the caramel. But, or caramel, I guess. Um, but uh, oh. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm digging it. There are a few drawbacks, but I'm gonna do the same one, man. You hit the number that I was gonna hit. I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah, the hunter special is just like seven point <laughs> five to eight. There's no beer that ever goes outside of those numbers. Just kidding. When in doubt, I still like it. it. <laughs> I still really like it. This is definitely one I would recommend. Uh, now for Chase, I'm bashing. The what beer. I like about this beer is that it is actually pretty easy to drink, despite how alcoholic it is. And though it feels syrupy because the sweetness, it still goes down relatively easy. I agree. Yeah, and it's too sweet for me. In, in, in particular, I just dislike that kind of medicine-y, raisin-type um, flavor. Like, I, first of all, I just fucking hate raisins. Um, <laughs> and second of all, I don't like anything that reminds me of, like I, don't like... I don't like deep cherry. I don't like cherry flavor. And I think this beer has a lot of cherry, you know? It's also got some, like, dried apricot, which is really nice. This beer is just deep, rich, complex. I think it's elegant, you know? Yeah. It's, I think it's... I, th- I, th- I think they... People who, who made this should be fucking proud. You know, I think it's a fantastic beer. Well said. It's just it not your smells, style. It's, yeah, I mean, and it, and it smells like kind of nougaty still to me. It's just not my thing. Um, I don't enjoy how sweet it is. I don't particularly enjoy the flavors just because of my own taste. Um, but I do acknowledge that it's a beer that, that handles its alcohol content well with its complexity and with the backbone it gives with its own bitterness. So I'm going to give this one a seven. Okay, nice. you got the same score. A lot of really to not your father's root beer. Yeah, it's the same <laughs> beer in his eyes. <laughs> cool, cool, man. Yeah. Well, we yeah. Yeah, and, and so we just highlighted how redundant numbers are when we're <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. True. All right, 
Well, that's been Witty Banter, episode number 63. Thank you, everyone, who has been listening. Of course, you can find the show on iTunes just by searching Witty Banter, hitting subscribe, and all of your episodes will show up your download queue for free. We're also on a plethora of other um, podcasting services. If you don't find us, send us an email at wittybantershow at gmail.com and let us know, and we'll try to put ourselves on there. But if you don't have iTunes, you don't want to do anything else, you can always just go to wittybantershow.com and ask a question there. And you can also... Um, suggest a beer if you want us to review one that you're feeling by going to our website as well. If you're like, hey, I found a beer called Cinnamon Asshole and I want to see what you guys want to think about <laughs> Please it. Please do. We'll I think do that's it. really cool. I would drink Cinnamon Asshole. That sounds really Tell good, Tell us actually. what beer to drink and we'll review your beer. Yeah, try to find the Thanks. worst tasting beer you know and let us yeah, we'll review it. We'll do it. it. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I would love that. that. Yeah, that's actually kind of funny. That's <laughs> kind of shtick. So, yeah. yeah. Shtick. I am on Twitter. I'm at Bodacious Chase. Max is at MaxScott32. Hunter doesn't use Twitter. It's true. It's very true. I was going to say, like, you always say I'm at Diesel Dorset. I haven't used it in, like, years. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Max, is there anything else you want to talk about or plug or Hunter or anything like that? Uh, Nothing that I really got right now. But, yeah, thank you for plugging the Twitter. Solstice Fest in Austin this weekend. Playing a show. Boom. If you're going, uh, if you got anything going on this weekend, who you are they come looking for? What's the it? band name? Casual Interference. Casual Interference. And uh, we'll be playing at the Sidewinder, which I hear is a pretty cool venue. So I'm excited. Cool. Max, thank you for coming on as a guest again. It's always, always fun to have you, man. Always, whenever you need me. Very great, Silky Slick. Mm. Thank you for having me once again. Always. Good night, everybody. Always. Thank you.